Good morning, people of God. You are welcome into God's presence one more time this glorious Sunday morning. We thank God for His grace and we thank Him for keeping us safe, keeping us healthy. In this time of lockdown, we give Him praise for His loving kindness that endured forever. We started this topic, the fight of faith, about three Sundays ago. And this morning, we'll be looking at a subtopic titled The Fight to remain in the world. Second Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. The fight of faith is a fight against our faith. We are involved in a fight and our main enemy is Satan himself. Last week, we talked about how to fight ignorance because ignorance is the greatest obstacle confronting believers. We need to have an understanding of what the Word of God says so that when the tempter, when the enemy, when the devil comes to, to wrestle us down with arguments, we know exactly what the Word of God is saying. We can confront him with God says the Lord. And when we tell him, Dios says the Lord, he has no argument against what the Lord has said because the word of God is settled in heaven. Psalm 82 and verse 5 says, They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the heart are out of course. When people lack understanding of the word of God, they end up walking on in the dark. Instead of walking in the light of the world, they walk in the dark. That darkness is ignorance. And the result is that all the foundations of the heart are out of course. Things are no longer in place. They are no longer where they should be. So when we equip ourselves with the knowledge of the word of God, then we can put the devil in his right place. We can put him where he belongs. The fight of faith is a fight that is going on whether we are conscious of it or not. The moment we give our life to Jesus, the moment we became saved, the enemy, the devil, sees us as rebels in his own kingdom. Because that was where we used to be before we became translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So he sees us as rebels, people who have left his kingdom and has come into the kingdom of God. And he tags us as enemies. And he wants to do everything to fight our newfound faith in Christ so that we can drop it. He wants to see if he can bring us back to where we used to be under his oppression and under his dominion. But thanks be to God, because whosoever the Son of Man has made free shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. Salvation ignites that mortal warfare between us and the devil. We are enemy to Satan, and Satan is our own enemy. We do not need to choose to fight. The fight is going on. <laughs> the fight is ongoing, whether we want to fight or not. The real truth is that we don't really have a choice. We have to fight. We have to fight. And we have all the weapons that we need. 
we have the superior weapon, the word of God, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. We have everything we have. And more so, ever, that Jesus already defeated the devil and handed us the victory. So we have this war and we must fight it. God perpetuates his work on heart through angels and men. Satan also perpetuates his work on heart through demons and men. So Satan will fight a believer using his demons and men to fight that believer's faith. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is a mortal enemy, but he uses men. He uses his demons. The demons bring suggestions. They whisper to our ears. The, the voice of the stranger. And the Bible says the voice of the stranger we shall not hear. They want to bring suggestions. They want to bring arguments. You know, they speak, you know, to our hearings. Spiritually, you just be hearing something. And then something will be motivating you to do what is wrong. That is not the spirit of God. That is the spirit of the devil. That was those, those are demons of Satan. Then Satan also uses men, especially close people, people that you love. He will come and speak through them. You will not know that it's Satan that is speaking through them at that time. Even Peter, when he was with Jesus, a time devil spoke through him. And Jesus Christ turned to Peter. He said, get you behind me, Satan. <laughs> but that suffers not the things that be of God. Because that time, it was not really Peter that was speaking. It was the devil that was using his mouth to speak to Jesus. He was rebuking Jesus. When he said he was going to die, he was going to go to the cross. He was telling him, no, stop saying that. You will not do that. You will not die any day. He said, no, this is not the spirit of God. This is, the, this is Satan. This is the enemy speaking through my friend. And he rebuked that devil. He rebuked that enemy from Peter. Okay? So, he will use men. He will speak to them. He will speak through them to us. But we must be sensitive enough to know exactly how to respond, to know exactly what to do. Because it is when they know not, when they are ignorant, that they do not understand and they walk on in the dark. But when they do know, they do not walk in the dark, they walk in the light and they have understanding. And the foundations of their faith is no longer, it's not heart of course. Everything is in place the way it should be. Okay, today we're talking about the fight to remain in the world. The fight to remain in the word of God. Not W-O-R-L-D, but W-O-R-D. The fight to remain in God's word. That is where we should be. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 15. We're reading verse 1 to 11. Say, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are all clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine, no, man, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Wherein is my Father glorified that ye 
bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandment, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things have I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatsoever you will, and it shall be done unto you. So we need to abide in Christ, and his words abide in us. How to fight to remain in the world, to abide in the world, in the word of God. Because one of the plans of the devil is always to take us outside the world. He wants to take us out of the world so that he may have the opportunity to control and afflict us. But as long as we remain in the world, that is obedience to God, under the authority of God, Satan is frustrated because he can't do us no harm because we are covered by the provisions of the world, being under the world. Look at Adam and Eve when they were in the Garden of Eden before the fall. They were in the world. They were in obedience to God. God said, you can eat all the fruit in the garden, but this you must not eat. And that they did not eat. They obeyed God. They did everything that God asked them to do. God asked Adam to keep the garden. He was keeping the garden. And in the cool of the evening, the Lord will come and God will come and fellowship with them. Everything was going on fine. Devil had no place in that garden. As long as they abide in the world. As long as they abide in they abided in obedience to God. Satan had no way. Satan could not do any harm. Satan could not cause any confusion. So he had to scheme in a way to come and then make them to step out of the word of God. To step out of obedience to God. He came and said, hey, as God said, hey, as God said, you shall not eat of every fruit of the garden. And uh, he said, no, <laughs> he did not say we should not eat of every fruit. But this one, this particular fruit, he said, we shall not eat because the day that we eat it, we shall die. And the serpent said, oh, that is not true. What God said that you will die is not true. You will not die, I tell you. Just take the fruit and eat it. It sounds, it looks good. Do you not like it? Don't you like it? Don't you like to have a taste? Because when you, when you eat it, <laughs> you will feel so nice. You will know everything. <laughs> you will even be like God. He enticed Eve. He deceived Eve. He made Eve to decide, to take the decision, to step out of God's word. To step out of obedience to God's word. And as, he, as she steps out of obedience to God's word, he removed the covering that is upon anyone that remains in the world. She removed it and she gave the same fruit to her husband. And they could no longer behold the presence of God. They could no longer, you know, uh, uh, come to God's presence and fellowship with him. They fell from grace. They fell from grace. Satan told them, hey, be free. Be free from all these laws and rules of God. Enjoy yourself. Be yourself. Don't let anybody put you down. Do whatever you like. You are in charge. Not knowing he was trying to bring them 
under his own dominion. When we come to Christ, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, it says, Jesus Christ said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my body is light. Jesus said, if you are laboring and you are heavy laden under the oppression of the devil, he said, come to me, I will give you rest. You will have your rest from under the oppression of the devil. He will no longer be able to control you and oppress you again. He said, but when you come to me, you need to take my yoke upon you. <laughs> then you need to learn of me. You need to learn of me. You need to study. You need to fight ignorance. You need to learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. He said, For my yoke that you take upon you is easy, and my body is light. But you see, we want to come to Christ and be yokeless and be bodiless. Jesus Christ said, When you come to me, you take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. It's not like where you're coming from. And you take my burden upon you. Say, my burden is light. So when you come to Christ, you need to take his yoke upon you. You need to obey his word. You need to remain in his word. Satan said, no, remove his yoke from you. Don't, don't obey him. Don't follow his instruction. No, just do whatever you like. Be free. There is nothing like being free. It's either you are or spiritually, it's either you are under the control or the authority of the devil, or you are under the control and the authority of God. There is no sitting on the fence. No sitting on the fence is allowed. Every man is either under the command of God or under the command of Satan spiritually. Spiritually. So the moment you left under, from under the control of God, you move to under the control of the devil. And the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are moving from under the spiritual control of Satan into the kingdom of light, under the spiritual control of God. So when you come into the kingdom of God, you need to abide in Christ. You need to abide in the world so that you can bear much fruit. You need to abide in the world and His word abides in you. You must live in obedience to God. You must walk in righteousness. That is what is required of you as a believer. That is taking His yoke upon you and His burden upon you. Because your flesh will want to rebel. Your flesh will want to do things. Satan will want to whisper to you to tempt you to do things that you are not supposed to do. No, you must say no to the devil. You must say, no, I remain yoked together with God. I remain in covenant with God. I must walk in righteousness. I must walk in obedience to God. Hallelujah. When Adam and Eve fell, they came under the spiritual command of Satan. Uh, let me read the passage, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 15. He said, uh, What then shall we sin, because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, is servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. Whosoever you obey, you become a servant. When you obey God, you are a servant of God. When you obey the devil, you are a servant of the devil. 
the moment Adam and Eve stopped obeying God and they obeyed Satan, the serpent. They became servants of the serpent, servants of Satan. So this is the real fight. Satan fighting your faith. Satan fighting you to come from under the world, under the dominion and the authority of God, under the obedience to God, to rebellion. He wants you to rebel against God. He wants you to do those things, those exact things that God has said you should not do. He wants you to eat the fruit that he said you should not eat. He wants you to tell a lie. He wants you to live in unrighteousness, drunkenness, adultery, fornication. He wants you to do all those kind of things and rebel against the authority of God and take charge of your life. Don't submit to God at all. That is the fight. Satan is fighting everywhere to come to that point. But you see, once you brace up and uh, you understand the word of God and you're able to make up your mind to follow Jesus, to follow him to the end, the Satan is a loser. There is nothing he can do. Satan is fighting every believer to take them out of the world and live in disobedience to God. Before you do anything, ask yourself if you are in line with the word of God. If whatever you want to do is not in line with the word of God, then don't do it. <laughs> Tell yourself, this is not for me. Satan uses the law for money, for pleasure, and so on to entice believers to step out of the word of God, to step into disobedience to God, obedience to him, so that that Christian can become his servant, so that he can begin to manipulate the life of that believer. No, you must not do that. So the weapon to use in defeating the devil as a fight against our faith to take us out of God's word, out of obedience, is the power of our choice. And Satan understands this, that we have one power that he can do nothing about. When God made man, he made us as free moral agents. We have the power to choose. We have the power to make our choices. And when we make our choice, God does not... You know, God respects the choice we have made. Satan also respects the choice we have made. God does not force us because we are not robots. If God forces us to do what he likes to do or what he wants us to do, then we are no longer free moral agents. We are now robots that are being controlled. So God will give us his way, will give us his instruction, direction, and will allow us to make up our mind to choose which path we want to follow. Joshua told the children of Israel, say, choose you this day whom you are going to serve. But as for me and for my household, we shall serve the Lord. So we have that power. That power remains in every human being to make his choices, to make, take his direction. And this willpower that God has given unto us is a decisive power to determine who wins. Yes. So we can tell the devil, no way, I have made my choice. We need to live a surrendered life to God and stay committed to our decisions. Make up your mind that I have given my life to Jesus. I have surrendered my life to God and I'm not going to take it back. I'm only going to allow God to control my life. I'm only going to follow God's instruction. Never bend your resolve to live a life that is pleasing to God. Make up your mind, I'm going to do only those things that are pleasing to God. I'm only going to, I'm going to obey God to the end of my days. When you have made your mind up like this and you stay committed to your decision, there is nothing the devil can do. 
The devil bring all these subtle, you know, pressures, all these subtle temptations, suggestions, arguments. But each time he comes, you will use the word of God to destroy it, to pull it down. And you tell him, Satan, my mind is made up for the Lord. I have made up my mind to serve God to the end of my days. So whatever you bring, whatever suggestions you bring, once it is not in line with the word of God, and it's not in line with my obedience, my total obedience to God, I am not going to go for it. And once you tell the devil like that, he just goes his way because he understands there is nothing he can do about your willpower. You have it. God gave it to you. Hallelujah. Whatever is it, you want to get a contract, I believe the lockdown will soon be over. By the grace of God, even with this next year, if it takes one year, at the end of the day, it will still be over. All the pandemic that has happened in the past, they got over after a while. This two, this one too, we get over. And uh, maybe you go back into your full business, you know, running after your contract, and the devil bring, you know, some path that you have to follow that is part of unrighteousness. Then you must admit that that contract is not meant for you, no matter how much money it promises to give. Or your business, your relationships, you know, or looking for greener pastures. These are the things that the devil uses to entice believers. You know, the love, the lure for wealth, the love of money is the root of all evil. He knows that we all need money. We want to spend. We want to have money. We want to be successful in our lives, and then he brings opportunities. It's not every opportunity that is from God. So opportunities they come, you know, with a, a lot of traps inside. And once you fall into this trap, it is a pity. Unless you made a U-turn and repent, the devil, you have given the devil an open door to be able to manipulate and to destroy you know, your life as a believer. But we must not allow him. So we must stay true to God. If you want to do a job, make sure that your job is a, such a job that you won't have to deny Jesus to do those jobs. You, know, you won't have to tell lies. You won't have to, 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 to change books. You, know, you have to forge documents. No, you won't have to leave or follow the path of unrighteousness, you know, to do whatever you want to do. And God is going to help you. By the time a believer makes up his mind to follow God to the end, to follow God faithfully, there is nothing the devil can do. He will bring his suggestions, he will bring his temptations, and he will fail. Each time he goes and repackages them, he will repackage those temptations and bring them again in another color, it will still mean the same thing because you are not going to fall for it. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me in thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, and so on and so forth. Now, Look at where I want to bring out from here. Verse 3 said, He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. If God is in what you are doing, there must be no unrighteousness in it. God does not leave, lead believers in the path of unrighteousness. He only leads believers in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And verse 4 said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I am walking in the path of righteousness, for thou art with me. Because when you follow the leading of God in righteousness, the Lord God will be with you. 
say, For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And he will go ahead, you said, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm is for the believer that follows God in the path of righteousness. The moment the believer chooses the path of unrighteousness, he has missed it all. Yes, when you when you when you follow the path, the leading of the of the devil, of the enemy, in the path of unrighteousness because of money, or because of contract, or because of your business, or because of relationship, or because of whatever it is, surely you still have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> but when you walk in the valley of the shadow of death, you realize God is not there with you. Then you have to be afraid, you have to fear. You know, you have to be, some, some believers we will end up, you know, losing so much, you know, uh, some will even get consumed. But that shall not be our portion in the name of Jesus. God does not lead his people in the path of unrighteousness. He only leads his people in the path of righteousness. And while his people are following him in the path of righteousness, whatever they come through, he will stand with them. He will, he will be with them. Even as they are walking in the path of righteousness, he will still go forth and prepare prepare the table before them in the presence of their enemy. As they are walking with God in the path of righteousness, surely only goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their lives. This is the assurance that we have in the word of God. But you see, the, the, the requirement is you must follow the leading of God in righteousness. Thou leadest me in the path of righteousness. Thou dost not lead me, lead me in the path of unrighteousness. So whatever you want to do, you must make sure that you are walking in the path of righteousness. You see, when you remove unrighteousness from the table, you will see other options. The problem of many believers is that they still see the unrighteous part as an option for them. And the moment you see the unrighteous part as an option, you will keep falling into sin. You will keep falling into unrighteousness because it is a choice. But once you remove that unrighteous part from your table and you tell, you tell yourself, whatever is it that I want to do, once it has to do with unrighteousness, then it is not an option for me. So when you remove unrighteousness from the table, you will begin to see other options. You begin to see that there are other options you can take. <laughs> you, because you, 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 you begin to see there are things, other things you can do. There are other ways you can go about that which you need to do. Because you have removed unrighteousness from your table. Those other options may require time and patience, but you will wait for it. And you will be so pleased with yourself at the end of the day. For example, let me talk about those who want to go for greener pastures. I know many young people are having that problem. Many young believers today are asking questions. Many, you know, things they do in the secret. They don't want people to do. They don't want people to know. Because of the economy, the bad situation of the economy in this part of the world, they want to relocate to the western countries, to the first nations, to where they believe there are greener pastures. Yes, there is nothing wrong with a believer traveling to Europe, traveling to UK, traveling to the US for greener pastures to live there. Nothing is wrong with that. If God opens the door for you, praise the Lord. He will be with you. 
whatever you have to go through there, even if you have to go through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because God will be with you. God will go before you. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He will anoint your head with oil and your cup will run over. God will be with you if he has opened the door for you. So there is absolutely nothing wrong with you know, relocating to any other part of the world you know, for greener pastures. But for you as a believer, if you have to take that step through the path of unrighteousness, then everything is wrong with it. The unbelievers can take paths of unrighteousness to do whatever they like. He, he, an unbeliever can, for the sake of getting a contract, and a, an unbeliever lady can go and sleep with a director, you know, even though married or in a relationship, just because she wants to get the job and get the money. She's a non-believer. She doesn't know better. But that is not a path for a believer to take. That is not a path for a believer to tread. A believer must follow God only in the path of righteousness. So if you have this opportunity and uh, there is no unrighteousness in it, go for it. The Lord will be with you. But if there is unrighteousness in it, if you have to change some books, you have to tell some lies, you know, you have to forge some documents, you know, you have to do things that are not godly that you know. Nobody needs to tell you, but you know these things are not in line with what God wants you to do. Then, please, my brother and my sister, wait for God. That one is not for you. God will bring his own. And when you remove part of unrighteousness from that table of your relocating, you know, to abroad for greener pastures, you will begin to see that there are other options you can follow. There are other options. They may take time and patience, but you wait for it. You can go through education. You can go through relatives filing for you, you know, and uh, you can increase your competencies in area of, you know, I need areas. You can go online, you know, get some certification and apply for jobs and then see what the law can do. Countries like Canada, if you have, if you are a professional and uh, you have what it takes, it, it's possible you can relocate. You know, but the point is, whatever you do, whether for your business, whether for contracts, whether for relationships, even relationships, we have rules to follow as believers. The Bible says you should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. <laughs> so if you want to go through into relationship as a Christian, you must follow the instruction of God. You must not go into relationship in disobedience to God's word. You must not, as a believer, you know, enter into relationship with an unbeliever, somebody who has not given his life to Christ, somebody who has nothing to do with your God. You should not go into, into serious relationship with such people. Marriage relationship, no, you should not do it. Because the word of God has said clearly that we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So whatever it is, Take away the path of righteousness from your options. And you will see there are other ways you can still do the same thing. And if there are no other ways you can do it, let it go. God will be with you. <laughs> the Lord will open other doors for you. The Lord will still bless you where you are. You know, we must not limit the ability of God to bless us where we are. Our God is not the God of hills or gods of the valleys. Our God is the God of the whole universe. He can bless you where you are, and He can take you abroad, and He can bless you there. But the thing is that Christianity is not just going to church singing and giving offering. Christianity is a relationship, a walk with God. It's a kingdom lifestyle. Christianity is an act of Christ-likeness. It's an act of, of obedience to God. You must remain in the world. 
Because the plan, the strategy of the devil is to take the believer out of the world. Because he knows that once he takes you outside the word of God, you no longer have a covering. Then he can afflict that believer. He can punish that, de- that believer. He can even pull that believer back into the world. So we must be careful. I know we may, you know, sometimes, because people love us sometimes, they begin to tell us things that, uh, you know, to raise our mind, to come into agreement, begin to be, begin to hear some uh, scriptural, poetic verses that sound like scriptures. I remember I was preaching to somebody, and uh, I was talking to him about living a life of righteousness, that a believer, if you give your life to Jesus, God will give you power, you can live above sin, you know, God will give you the power to say no to sin, sin shall no longer have dominion. That is the scripture. Sin shall no longer have dominion over you when you come to Christ. And uh, he was telling me, ah, is the, the Bible not says, yes, meaning that turn your feet to one side. Do not kill that insect. The insect that you cannot create, only the Lord your God can create it. I said, what? Say, but that is not in the Bible. That's just a poem. He said, how do you know that is not in the Bible? I said, of course, I know it is not in the Bible because I have read the Bible through several times. He said, really? I said, yes. You should imagine, that is kind of what the devil has been using to wrestle the mind of that person. To tell him that, no, you cannot do without sin because you even commit sin when you don't know it. Because you can be walking on the road and you step on a, an insect and you kill the insect and you do not even know that has happened. Those are the kind of things, those kind of arguments based on ignorance that the devil tries to use. Then you have things like heaven helps those who help themselves. Help yourself. This is what everybody is doing. <laughs> this is also not in the Bible. There is no passage in the Bible that says heaven helps those who help themselves. Heaven does not help those who help themselves. Now, those who have the ability to help themselves do not need the help of heaven. If you can help yourself, why do you still need God to help you? Just go ahead and help yourself. Heaven helps those who cannot help themselves, who cry up to heaven for help. That is the word. He said, he said, he said, is a very present help in the time of trouble. He said, I look to the his, where is coming my help? My help is coming from the Lord that maketh the heavens and the heart. So if a man can help himself, he doesn't need God to help him again. If you can eat, you don't need somebody to feed you, go ahead and put your food in your mouth. So we must understand all these things. Those of you young men and young women who are at this crossroad and the pressure is mounting upon you, you are asking questions, you know, you are trying to make, take a decision. Should you do it? Should you not do it? No, I have to take this step. I have to do that. You know, my friends, my, my colleagues, my neighbors are all relocating. I also need to relocate. I must also travel no matter what, by all means. You must always remember that you are not the same thing with your neighbor, that you are a believer. And that you have signed an eternal contract with God to live righteously and in holiness. And that at all times, you must live a life that is pleasing to God. You cannot be in sin and be pleasing to the Lord. No. So, please, don't allow the devil to take you out of God's word. Always abide in the word. Always abide in him. For it is when you abide in him, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, he shall ask what you will, and shall be done. You must abide in him. 
He said, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. So those who do not abide in the world, that is their hand. Men toy with them. Men gather them. They are withered. They are gathered into the fire. They lose their salvation. They lose their peace with God. He is a vine. We are the branches. And you cannot do anything without the vine. The branch must remain engrafted, must remain connected you know, to the vine, to take its nutrients and source of life from the vine for the branch to be able to bear fruit. Otherwise, the branch cannot bear any fruit. It will just wither away. We must learn to always keep ourselves in the world and trust God to keep us. This is my life that I'm sharing with you this morning and I thank God I did not bow to pressure from people who love me but do not understand my choices. You know, people who love you, they want you to do well, they want you to live a good life, they bring such suggestions to you, but the moment you, as a believer, identify that, no, this is not the path of righteousness for his name's sake, then you must know how to, how to go about it, you must know how to politely deny it. You know, they will talk against you, they will speak against you, they will film at your decisions, but it's something between you and God. It is always good to have a good conscience with God. It's always good to remain in line with God. It's always good to remain in the word of God. When Adam and Eve left the protection, the obedience to God's word, and they followed the instruction of the devil, they lost the garden. They lost everything they had. They did not know that the devil wanted to take that which they had away from them. They thought the devil wanted to hurt to them. A life of disobedience to God does not hurt to us. It takes away from us as believers. May the Lord uphold his word in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, let us pray. Father, we pray. We thank you, Lord, for your word that you have heard this morning. Thank you, Lord. We pray for wisdom. We pray for understanding. We ask, O oh God, that you help us be able to hold our heads above the water. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to withstand pressures. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to follow our determination to live for you with our commitment. To remain committed to you at all times, not to be enticed to follow the path of unrighteousness, but to always follow that path of righteousness for your name's sake, so that you can be with us. We thank you. We glorify your name. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.